and welcome to the NXT Generation podcast, the best wrestling podcast in Wales, if only by default. Uh, I'm joined by Sam Smith. Hello. And James Dunn. I once travelled in the car with Mick Mariah for three and a half miles. Good, the in-jokes have started. <laughs> oh, I've already, already got a niche, quite a niche listener base. Quite a, and, and James is doing his best to see what he can do to whittle away at that. So, good, we're here for Wrestle Chat. Uh, there'll be less of what James just did <laughs> going forward. Making As, reference to TNA like reality TV shows from 2014. About an audition that didn't get through. Yeah, I, I'm going to do less of that. Thank you. If you thought you were tuning in for some wrestle chat about NXT from April 10th, don't worry, that is what this is. Uh, despite uh, what might be a slightly misleading introduction, yes, we're here to discuss NXT from last night mm-hmm. and uh, opened excitingly with new opening credits. Fantastic. Yeah. Slipknot. Um, I mean, this goes into what you said last time when you are on the podcast of what you want is mid-2000s grunge metal. Rassle rock. Rassle rock is So bad. it should be. I, d- I didn't particularly dislike <coughs> the old entrance, but this is significantly better. Slipknot's appropriate for NXT. It's a weird package of them all standing around each other. So talk, yeah, like all great mates together. Shouting the song, it's almost like they're recording gang vocals for their mate's punk record. <laughs> it sort of reminded me of like the opening credits of Hollyoaks, or, <laughs> or the end of Biker Grove, where everyone would be jumping up in front of the camera, going, "Ooh, biker, do 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 do, ooh, biker, biker, NXT." Anyone listening, not from the UK. Sorry. Um, yeah, you had to go at me for making a really know, niche reference. Well, Alright, well let's go international. I saw Home and Away. Um, <laughs> caught a bit of that recently. And they actually had members of the cast singing the theme tune during really? the credits. Yeah, it's very strange. And I and I kind of thought, how can you have them all singing along? Like, so the theme tune is if they're all mates singing this song together, but in the plot lines they're presumably at each other's throats. And, mm-hmm. and that is kind of how I felt here. Watching all the wrestlers stood around, I was all on. in a big gang... Singing the song, and I kind of preferred the old. I think I preferred the old theme tune, but maybe that's just because I fear change. I, I love your gimmick on the show as the bastion of kayfabe. I, I was am. waiting for you to try and explain, like, question the kayfabe of all the wrestlers getting together to do an intro video. It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> it feels like some of them wouldn't want to stand next to the other ones, and some of them just would be like, This all seems a bit light hearted for me. This isn't what I'm into. I'm just into the serious destruction of other wrestlers. Oh, they should have Undisputed Era at the back, just messing around, doing bunny ears. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, the Forgotten Sons were just glad to be asked <laughs> oh we thought we'd be left out again but we've not been forgotten this once maybe we're just the sons <laughs> <laughs> the remembered sons yeah oh i liked it it was fun i'm gonna miss the whole rap rock intro but no it's cool it's nice it's kind of yeah I... they're still using the um knockoff asteroid boys music for the the indents in the middle which is good yeah that's what i like so. nice. at least that gets to stay You'll be familiar with it within a few weeks. It'll be like, nothing's ever changed. We'll get used to it, I imagine. And this show um, is exciting because the last this is the first NXT after a takeover. Mm. Now, the last time I watched an NXT immediately after a takeover, I would say it was about... It had two tag matches and then was about 90% promo mm-hmm. recap. packages and recaps. And this one... Did have some recaps, but it felt a lot more balanced. We've actually got some matches to talk about, which is exciting. Yeah, I was actually surprised by the amount of wrestling content we it, had. 
And it moved storyline forward, even in the little bits of random video, which we'll we'll mention later on. It did seem like it, it made sense in canon, as mm. opposed to, we've got to make an hour of TV by Wednesday, yeah. and we're all knackered. And strangely, it's like, you know, in the rotating cast of this podcast, it seems quite relevant that us two are talking about a show that is relevant to the show we watched before. Mm. Like everything, like, you know, again, like all the promos we watched in our last episode, which you can listen to previously on Catch Up. Is uh, actually like the blow off matches are in this like mm. matches is brilliant and uh, yeah it's quite I think it's weird like that especially watching that last time there was a takeover I watched the NXT afterwards and there were, it was a lot of recaps it wasn't very exciting I'd, I'd just seen that stuff less than a week before but I think this recap thing in the kind of proper pay per view era mm. where people were forking out money to watch the pay-per-view on the weekend. And maybe if you're a kid following the wrestling and your parents don't see the value in... They've already got the Sky package. They're not going to pay for you mm. to stay up late and on a school night and, and watch a big wrestling pay-per-view. You need those recaps to tell you what's happening in the stories, to tell mm. you what happened, yeah, show yeah. you a little bit of the action. And if you're... But if you're watching NXT on the network, you have access to the takeover, right? All the yeah. things you need are in one place. So it doesn't really need this big recap. Mm. kind of cycle to it in the same way that you used to so it's good to see that kind of being a bit pushed to the side here and yeah. we started with Candice LeRae versus Aaliyah this was set up in a promo uh, from last week's episode and Aaliyah of course joined walked to the ring by Vanessa Bourne to help uh, with her general healing it up uh, <laughs> ringside chilling out in car parks yeah shouting down at cameras having hissy fits <laughs> what did we think of this one uh, I, it was quite concise Alaya mm-hmm. um, looked really intense mm. I like how she pins proper from like the yeah. first minute of the match she looked like she wanted to try to win it both both looked like they wanted to get something out of it it mm. didn't seem like a random match yeah. For example, like it's very notable because you can see in the, the arena and the screen and stuff. These are the dark matches before takeover. Mm. Yeah, um, they're they're quick. They kind the 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 goal of them outside of storyline in when they're recorded is to warm a crowd up a little bit. You can't have anything too much. So they got through a lot in that five minutes. Mm. Um, it ended with a, a middle rope moonsault as well. Which is nice. Yeah, and it looks really good. Even though she landed face first, oh, it looks yeah. really good. God. No, but both impressed. I'm glad uh, Candice won because Alia can Alia can take a few losses. Candice yeah. needs to be put up. She needs to be fed to Baszler yeah. pretty quickly. It would be nice to see it built up a bit, and also obviously later that same evening or last Saturday in kayfabe, uh, <laughs> her husband was about to win the NXT title. So it's nice to see her have a good evening as well. Mm. It, as you mentioned, these obviously. The kind of essentially the dark matches for Takeover, uh, the difference being that they're then put out as TV. But it was a bit weird because we're used to I think on NXT the kind of the full throated enthusiastic full sale crowd. Yeah. Uh, or where they have filmed elsewhere, generally the crowds are pretty excited to be there. Um, it's a passionate audience who love love the product. Generally, it was quite weird seeing this play out to a crowd. In a much nicer, like in the Barclays Centre, a nice mm. arena, but a crowd that I guess were kind of keeping their powder dry, realising they were going to have to do a lot of shouting later on. Yeah, I find that weird um, that like, the crowd wasn't into it. Because, like, yeah, I get it, like, I mean, we don't know what order these matches came in on the night, whatever. But it seemed the crowd were particularly quite quiet. And even, like you said, you know, 
maybe it was a case of they were just coming in, settling in, all that. But you'd kind of think, with NXT crowds especially, even in the takeovers in the arenas, they are quite raucous, they are quite loud, and mm. didn't seem to be much going with the crowd, but... They know what they've got coming on later. They know yeah. that this is just the warm-up. Also, Barclays Centre, any arena show, pain, pain to get in, lots of queuing, lots yeah. of baggage checked. Apparently, it was for somebody bought a glass of wine and a beer, and it cost them $30. Uh, dollars. <laughs> so if you've just paid $15 for a pint, I don't know if I'd be smiling. What well, realisation kicking in at that moment, mm. was it, with the crowd? It's going to be a long weekend. It's going to be an expensive weekend. <laughs> so a lot of those people have had the Hall of Fame the night after, Mania yeah. the night after that, Raw the night after that, Smackdown the night after that. Mm. They've got a lot of wrestling due to come. <laughs> it was a very standard face versus heel, I think. It was like Candice played the face like up to 11. Mm. Elia played the, face, yeah, the heel up to 11 as well. Like kind of... Like nothing, nothing original, nothing like new, nothing like groundbreaking, but just a very simple, you know, which is kind of nice to see sometimes. Just a very standard, like, here's the person you'd like, here's the person you've got to boo, wham, bam, mm. quick. And they were doing their best in front of a kind of fairly tepid crowd. Aliyah was healing it up. Mm. Um, you know, at one point she says, Brooklyn, cheer for me. And then kind of <laughs> reveled in the shower of booze that descended upon her. So it was quite fun. Yeah. Uh, it was a nice finish. Not much more to say. No repeats no. afterwards. They didn't show any best bits. They didn't even show the finish. No. They just went, ah, oh, that was done. Great. Uh, now we're going to show you uh, Dream <laughs> Dream yeah. and Riddle mm. from Sunday night. We had the recap. Not much Friday to, night. Yeah, not much to say mm. about the recap there. But uh, after the recap, we had a promo, Velteen Dream talking into his, uh, into his own phone, filming himself, doing a bit of a promo. Wasn't sure what to make about this at first because I I know people in the real world who do this like record <laughs> record themselves talking into their phone feels a bit self indulgent. <laughs> I say that in the knowledge that the people I know who do that almost certainly aren't going to listen to this. But and I'm naming no names. But <laughs> oh, but we know somebody who takes selfies like the Velveteen Dream. We yeah. all <laughs> everyone knows that. But we're just kind of talking into your own phone about what's going on in your day and you feel like, well, oh, come on this. You know, hype package is one thing, but like talking to your own phone feels a bit like, and and I I don't I don't know if I always like when I see the WWE chasing social media trends and habits and things. Um, but that said, Stanley took a bit of a turn when in the rear of shot we get Buddy Murphy turning up, mm. fresh off his uh, WrestleMania kickoff show defeat for his cruiserweight championship, and things get a little bit frosty, a little bit edgy between the two of them. Yeah, because I found this quite interesting because I thought. Like, cause it's clear he's backstage at, like, the Mania, like, arena in MetLife. Mm. And then Buddy Murphy comes out. And I thought it must have just been, like, oh, that is a pure coincidence. Buddy Murphy mm. came out. Which, like, again, I think... I don't know if it's credit to the Dream or Buddy Murphy for making it real. Or maybe it is just a well-directed piece of media. Mm. Which you're surprised by WWE. But, yeah, it was, like, it kind of escalated. Because I thought it was just going to be a quick comment. Buddy Murphy walks off. But then... Buddy seems to get his face. There's a great piece of the film, and again, I don't think this is purpose, because we've got dreams. Got, dreams got these like reflective sunglasses on. Like Buddy Dream walks off camera, but you see him in the reflection of Dream's ground. Like glasses can move back. I think that was deliberate. Oh, they... also, I hate to like break break the illusion. I bet you it was somebody else filming it as well. Mm. Possibly, yeah. But I know it's got like quality to it, but still, mm. yeah, it's really good. Yeah, really good. And like you know, it was a bit like. Later on, of course, we found out that Dream and Buddy Murphy will be facing mm. each other in next week's main event for the NXT North American title. Um, 
that is something I'm looking forward to. Yeah, no, I'm really happy about that. Going to be great. Bit of a surprise, but I, I guess that implies that this thing was kind of a work and was always meant to happen. But it did mm. have that quality of like, oh, maybe he was just filming a promo and Buddy Murphy walked past because that's where he's filming it. Yeah, and live things are happening. Just the nature of selfies yeah. nowadays. Kim Kardashian doesn't take her own selfies. That's why I bring it up. It might look. She might look like she's holding yeah. a phone, but on the other end of that imaginary phone is an expensive Canon camera and a professional. Yeah. Photographer, and I think it suits it. It suits Dream's character. Yeah, totally. You say you didn't like you didn't like the kind of selfie like absorbed nature of it. What did you think of um, um, Tyler Breeze's old gimmick when he was like the selfie king, Prince Pretty? Because that was adored, and I definitely think there's parallels between them. I don't mind like playing up to that as a thing. Just the idea of I thought, oh, is this going to be the thing now? We're going to get just wrestlers just filming their own promos on their phone as if they're updating their Facebook stories. Mm. I'm not sure about that as a thing, but then the turn I, it took really mm. won me around. I don't mind if, if his gimmick was like, I'm always taking selfies and I'm doing this and the other yeah, that. Yeah. Like, if, if they lean into that, but I just don't like the idea that the future of promos is just wrestlers filming themselves in the running aspect ratio. And it, it would be it, weird if you had like Lars Sullivan do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. it. It suits Dream's character to do it. Mm. And also... I'd be interested because I don't actually know. I'll probably check this afterwards. Unfortunately, I don't have the information we know whether that was uploaded to Twitter at the time because mm. that would have been because that's kind of like I kind of like that as an idea of like using multimedia to start feuds like in that kind of sense. Because if it was like you know, because if I if I was on Twitter, like I don't know if it is, so if it isn't, then this is a bollocks point, like you mean, but it's like if it was that like that was put on Twitter not long after the Buddy Murphy match mm. and they have that little skirmish and even if you're watching it as like a fan with the insider knowledge you could be like oh that was cool they did that off the cuff or whatever but instead of for a match you know which I'm looking forward to Buddy Murphy I think is like really good underrated um, no I, I liked it I liked all of that fair play I don't know if Buddy Murphy <coughs> um, is, is underrated so much as just the people who like the people who know about him think he's great but he's on 205 Live, so who knows about him? And occasionally he gets to do uh, a match on a pay-per-view, but no one is really yeah. invested because they don't know who he is and it's often on a kickoff show. So it's getting him on NXT. Yeah. I think people were kind of saying he's lost the belt, he's probably ready for the main roster, probably Raw or SmackDown. But actually getting him on NXT could be a really nice fit and well, get him some more exposure. When we were watching it live together, like you made the point of, oh, yeah, like, oh, that's cool he's been brought around NXT. We don't know going forward if he is a permanent... Because they sometimes do, they bring a guy down just for a one-off match or whatever. Mm. But you were like, oh, yeah, it's cool he's on NXT, but oh, it's a shame he's been demoted. And then you kind of pause and went, or promoted, I don't quite know. Which <laughs> <laughs> is quite an interesting thing to see, like, if Buddy Murphy does stick around and maybe becomes, like, a back as a member of the NXT roster. I really think there's some worth in... Murphy being an NXT singles run. They should uh, make the cruiserweight belt the same as the women's tag belt and make it. Uh, yeah, it should on it? Floating. different shows floating. Yeah, so it makes the most sense. So it dissolve two or five live completely and just have the cruiserweight belt float around the three. Yeah. I friends. think it makes sense having two or five live still exist because I think it because that when it's floating it'll then mm. try and draw you into two or five. That was the mm. idea of having the cruiserweights on Raw with a set yeah. of, like brand identity and the purple ropes and stuff. It didn't really. I think it only didn't work out because they screwed the storylines up. Yeah. Because of Cass, Enzo and Cass. I think they can give it another go. I think they can do a better job. It makes sense with the tapings as well because if you ever go to like uh, a SmackDown taping, mm. it's it's a quick show. SmackDown. It's what mm. an hour and a half if you take away all of the adverts. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
so yeah, you're not going to pay God knows how much for a ticket just to watch four matches. So Apparently. they need to add something to it. Apparently, though, they don't advertise that they're filming 205 Live. When you buy your tickets for mm. SmackDown, they don't tell you you're getting... Oh, really? Yeah, mm. which seems like a weird... You think, like, maybe let people know they might get a bit excited for it rather I had than to, having it kind of frustrated. I had to tell people not to leave when oh, I really? went to the shows at the O2 last year. Everyone was Stephen was like, there's more, there's more, there's matches after. Stay away, don't... don't it, yeah, away. We're the best will in the world, well, Sam. I don't know why they're putting you in charge of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a natural part of my, uh, my personality <laughs> is to stop people missing out on sick graps. <laughs> And if you are in charge of that, it feels unfair that they're charging you for your ticket. Yeah. <laughs> Quite handsomely as, as well. As an employee of the WWE. <laughs> and um, so, following that promo, we had a match between Danny oh. Burt... Oh, we had the Kushida signing. Oh, the yeah. Kushida signing. Well, I was mm. going to crush past that because we mentioned that because it was... Basically, they played that at TakeOver and none of us knew much about Kushida. Now, they played it in this episode and you popped a bit for that. You got a bit excited. Yeah. And I asked... Do you know much about Kushida? And you also said, not much. <laughs> not much. I've seen bits and pieces of him. Yeah. Like, he's kind of New Japan, like, like one of the, like, not the top, the top guy, but like one of the better guys. Um, he's, a fa- he's a fairly standard, like, um, like one of these kind of signs where he's known on the internet for being really good. Um, I've seen bits of him. Like, obviously he's come from Japan, where, like, from New Japan especially, where character work isn't, like, a big thing, so I presume that's going to be a thing in WWE, like, try and push him over, like, try and develop him for TV. While he's in NXT, kind of find what his character is and yeah, develop like, those chops. Like, what kind of what they try to do with Kenta, Hideo Itami, before the injuries, kind of what they did with Shinsuke Nakamura when he came in, like, develop mm-hmm. that character. Mm-hmm. Um, I like what I've seen. I haven't seen, like, many full matches of his, but... He's I, tough. He's tough. It's kind of like... Some you know could be some hard kicks and yeah that's gonna be a thing as well. You're gonna see some brutal matches while they try and train out of him. Like don't kick as hard as you do in New Japan. Because <laughs> like, that's all. I remember when Hideo Itami came in. Yeah, it was quite. It was kind of nice. It was a bit of a throwback. So I remember like this used to, when I when I started watching NXT like this used to be the kind of the thing where they'd sign like a Prince Devitt or a Hideo or like a Kenta who became Balor and Hida Itami and you'd be like oh wow this is a sign I should be really excited about the hand see much of. But I'm looking forward to see more of. Yeah, it was also it was also presented like a football club signing, which is also as a fan of football, I enjoyed. <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted him with an NXT scarf. That yeah, that's what, uh... <laughs> that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. But then, yeah. So after that, then we did have uh, we had a dis- advert for that disturbed song. On Russell Rock Watch again. <laughs> and then we had a uh, Danny Birch against our great friend Jackson Riker. <sighs> This is basically a retread of last week's match where it was Jackson Riker versus Only Lorcan and much the same, right? They, they're trying presumably to build Jackson Riker up as this big, strong destroyer. Mm. I, I don't think any of us feel particularly invested in that as a narrative, as a thing. I mean, did anyone's opinion change of Riker? Uh, let, the more you're exposed to something, the more you kind of just learn to just accept it. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, he looks tough. He's a big dude. He, he hits pretty hard. But I'm not like impressed. Yeah. I'm being convinced rather than being won over. We spent most of that match talking about John Cena's moves. Yeah. <laughs> not that's, lying. That's how, that's how invested we were. And and also again, we've mentioned it's a slightly weird crowd here in the mm. Barclays Centre. But also they didn't seem particularly invested in this there wasn't really a pop for the Forgotten Sons at all coming out no I'll tell you what though I'll tell you what, who I was impressed by this match was Danny Birch mm. who mm. I think was allowed to do a bit more than what Oni was in the last match um, mm. I like Birch I don't think 
not that he's like you know he's not like an amazing talent I'm not like pushing him to have a NXT world title run but his chops are strong like he has a few good like strong chops a few strong hits that the crowd pop for it was quite noticeable like Birch was in the corner at one point where Riker do some harder European uppercuts and kicks and the crowd was like way way and then they kind of did the spot way they do the Irish rip Riker reverses it Birch in the corner Riker gets like you know his receipt they need to like pay him back and the crowd just didn't react to it it wasn't mm. like a so I think they were expecting to be like oh way way and then a boo boo but like right Birch was getting the offence in crowd popped Riker got the offensive crowd just went dead again shows where the investment is though yeah it's very much one sided I've got a bit of a soft spot for Danny Birch and he's British wrestler of course which mm. uh, it's nice to see him doing well uh, he looks to me like a guy that you would be a bit scared of in a rough pub yeah, <laughs> you know he's you know he's a British guy. I imagine he'd spend some time, you know, he's playing pool, but wrong false word, and he's gonna crack that cue over your head. Yeah, and, and then he's gonna cast the cue aside because he doesn't need it to <laughs> win you. Like I think I made I wrote a note down in my last notes for the last show I was on, and I said like Danny Birch looks like every character in a British B movie standard action movie film. <laughs> like with the lead role of Danny Dyer. Like, you can't afford Danny Dyer. You, you can get Danny Birch. Danny Birch. <laughs> He's got a career sale for him. Yeah. If this doesn't work out. Uh, there was a diving headbutt in this match, oh, which I never yeah. like, um, ever. Why are they still doing it? Ban it. Why are they still doing it? Ban it. Lars Sullivan did it on Raw this week, and I'm just like, no. Like, there's no need. Like, mm. Stop it. I, I would rather they directly mention Mr. Benoit than do the diving headbutt. In... Genuinely rather you mention a previous world champion who they're ashamed of and they want to write out yeah. than the move that everyone knows that's part of the reason why he lost mm. his brain. I think it's disgusting. Yeah, I mean, in case anyone is confused, we, you know, the reason these guys are kicking off about the diving headbutt is not because it doesn't look good, not because it's a bad move, mm. but just because it is a destroyer of human mm. brain, brain matter sense. and a causer of concussions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Someone over over. The weekend I heard someone talking about uh, how Daniel Bryan has done such a good job as a heel that people were cheering him get, taking elbows to the head. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where his concussions live. It's the great <laughs> Which was, was very funny, very good. But I, I can't remember who said that. But, um, but I just think, like, you know, yeah, the diving head, but that's, that's, if anyone at home is listening to this and doesn't really know what the furor is that's why we yeah. don't want to see that and it's weird when they have you know the tombstone is pretty much ruled out although that's Canadian destroyers have come back in lately but yeah. you can protect yourself from them you can protect yourself to an extent from chair shots to the head mm. but with a diving head but you're you are jumping head forward from a height and there's so many sick looking mm. moves in wrestling there's no need for it why yeah. keep pushing it I don't know but other than that it was, this was a retread of last week's match. There's a post-match beat down. No one cared. Yeah. Let's he, move on. He had spit yeah. all over his beard. It was disgusting. Oh, right, yes. We did want to uh, say Jackson Riker. We're not invested in him. And he had spit in his beard. <laughs> Dirty boy. Um, wipe your mouth, mate. Uh, so after that, we had a recap of the Pete Dunn-Walter match, where Pete Dunn uh, sadly um, oh. finally lost his his NXT UK Mm. The well, the WWE UK yeah, championship. Yeah. Peter and uh, he watched that to Walter, and then we got a little clip of a Pete Dunne post-match interview. It wasn't much of an interview. Basically, they said, "How do you feel?" And he went, "There will be a rematch." That was it, and he stormed off. Mm. Interesting to see where that happens. I was surprised to see that in a way because 
it felt like well he's lost the belt and now he's going to move on from NXT UK he's done everything he can mm. in that territory and now Walter needs to be the big guy there for a bit so the fact that he's saying there will be a rematch I mean obviously in kayfabe terms it's not for him to say yeah. <laughs> uh, they, WWE have done away with the automatic, automatic rematch clause except for on occasions where they want it to be yeah. um, <laughs> so who knows but uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. And then... Shayna oh, Baszler promo as well. With, yeah. Mm. Uh, basically, standard promo. Shayna goes, um, yeah, I want the belt because I'm most dominant. Uh, you know, any of the girls backstage want to step up, let them... Tip them off the list. Yeah. It's very smiley, very happy. Yeah, which you know, makes her seem a bit more intimidating. <laughs> kind of makes her seem more human rather than like a caricature, mm. angry baddie. It's yeah. like, no, she actually enjoys winning titles and having her mates with her. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of had an insight that she can somewhat feel joy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which I appreciate rather than just like, I'm moody, I like to fight. Well, it's a little depth. It's a little bit more subtle, isn't it? And, uh, you know, I guess that's what you can do on NXT where sometimes that gets get lost can mm. get lost on the main roster is some of the subtlety um, as we'll no doubt see with Velveteen Dream down the line <laughs> next up we had the recap of the Adam Cole Johnny Gargano match and and then that led str- and again they're doing more with these recaps to try and bring it into mm. kind of uh, what's happening in the show we had Adam Cole and it was a subtle thing yeah at the end of the um, at the end of the match at TakeOver there was a subtle thing Adam Cole was rolling out of the ring and one of his Undisputed Era buddies kind of grabs him trying to help him out of the ring and he pushes him away. Mm. It's just a little subtle indication that he's pissed off, easy to miss. And here we've got Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era guys backstage after the match and Adam Cole just basically, you know, ticking them off, telling them off, going, if you'd played your part, if you'd done what you were supposed to do right, you know, mm. you, you guys are fucked up. And uh, no, tripping over their words as well. Because yeah. uh, they were just like, oh, like if that didn't happen, blah. And uh, Adam Cole's like, but I had it. And the rest of them were like, oh, yeah, of course you had it. Very Emperor's, Emperor's yeah. new clothes routine, which I liked. And he also uh, shouted at the cameraman, acknowledged yeah. the fourth wall, which I really liked. I like that. Yeah, because yeah. often in wrestling you see people just revealing secrets in front of a <laughs> camera, in front of a camera that they're angle towards like yeah. you, you can't even pretend that they, they don't know the camera's there because they're standing in very unnatural positions just to be having a conversation not in front of a camera and yet they're kind of revealing secrets that you wouldn't reveal in front of a camera so it's nice to see these guys um, sort of getting annoyed to find themselves being filmed and kind of reacting to that you know it's interesting I'm going to be interested to see what they do with the because well on our last podcast we well, like me and Sam Smith on it the take before takeover like, we seem to be of the impression that we're going to have the era of the Undisputed, mm-hmm. where it's going to be Cole as champion, then we're going to get Roddy as the American, mm. like, Fish and um, O'Reilly as the tag belts. So, it's quite interesting. It was like, either they're going to be that, or they were going to get called up. Didn't happen this week on Raw. Doesn't seem to be any word of it actually happening going forward. We'll wait and see about that. So, it's quite interesting now... They have this little insinuation. Like the fans, they do this with heel like groups all the time. I remember the Shield went through like at least a three month period where they were teasing at a breakup and nothing happened. Mm. You know, like Kaya and Jericho had a period where they even broke up for like a month. Like you know, like faked it, obviously, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. So it was quite interesting that they're doing that with the undisputed era. Like Adam Cole seems to particularly be against Roddy, uh, old Roddy Strong, mm, it's the uh, new boy. 
Mm. Always be the new boy. So it's kind of like, yeah, you know that from your own past. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> well, leading, leading a gang in Reading. <laughs> while we're getting personal. <laughs> but like, no, I think um, quite, yeah, I'm quite interested to see. What, do, you reckon, do you reckon this is going to be a break of angle? Or do you reckon this is just a little clip, East of Street losing the belt? Of course it's going to be like this, we move on. It could just be, yeah, just re-establishing the dynamic of the group and kind of playing with that. It, it's um, it's that thing you said. Like they said they want to be dripping in gold. Everyone in the era, they're going to be kind of running the place and have, have all the belts on them. That's what they keep saying they want. But we also have talked before on the podcast about wrestlers that have that are so good that they don't really need a belt. Yeah. And I mean, Adam Cole, you know, is so over. You know, the fact that I mean, they really had to kind of play things right in that takeover match for Johnny Gargano to be received as the face because everyone loves Adam Cole so much in that building. Mm. Like he doesn't he kinda of doesn't need a belt on him. It's useful for him to be a guy who can stick belts on for feuds and storylines. But he can even absorb losses and kinda of keep yeah. his maintain his heat slash, you know, fan love. That they're so still good at and though. Yeah, and, and yeah. also I mean avoid that. the Undisputed Era are so over that, you know, you get some brilliant facials off all of them they're also good at kind of just you know playing their parts doing what mm. they do and the crowd love them so you know maybe they don't need to be dripping in gold maybe you they need can... to give them motive though mm. yeah are they are they just the gang that like bullying people that just they, they, what else are we going to do on a Wednesday night chill out in a TV studio in Florida and <laughs> cause a load of grief <laughs> no I think they need more motive they need what the reason why they turn up this money, like with Kev, it was always yeah. I, I win titles because it gives money for my wife and kids. Mm. They're a gang. Why are they? Why are they in a gang? I'm they want. Saying... They want medallions. Or they should be in and around the title scene. But like at the same time, it's kind of they don't have to win to kind of maintain. I think almost for the best. If, sorry, it's almost for the best that they don't win because it shows some frustration and it could show discontent in the yeah. ranks. Mm. I, th- I I would almost prefer if that's the storyline that they play. Like you said, almost tease a breakup and mm. then not do it. Because this could be like you could use this storyline, like you're suggesting. Like this could be the stepping stone to lead into a right. You know what? We've been joking around. Kyle, stop using the belt as a guitar. Time to take <laughs> things seriously. <laughs> And then we see like serious and the sweet year that could happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like yeah, because like these happen, these breakups. I, it make no sense to break up the undisputed era. Like Adam Cole's the most over person on Takeover, mm. and you know, they, like you look around even at WrestleMania, the amount of undisputed era shirts are around. Mm. In the pub that I was drinking it in, it really, was about a quarter were undisputed era shirts. Do you know I mean I think um, it'd be interesting to see where it goes? Interesting to see where it goes. Mm. So, following that, we had the main event of tonight's show. It was a tag team match between Bartel and Eichner, on the one hand, and the Street Profits. Mm. Street Profits look like they should be a main event tag team. Like, in terms of, like, you know, if the teams they look for in the main event, for the main TV show, like... Charismatic, got a fun gimmick, fun ring attire. Mm. Like they, you know what? I know they haven't had the gold or anything like an XT, but if I was to pick a tag team to go up, mm. I think they just look the most developed. You know what I mean? They look like, I don't know what else, what much else you need to develop with them 
They could really? have already got the in-ring skills. Yeah. They kind of got the personality, the charisma. Uh, they must be dreading it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Montez Ford is going to like Angelo Dawkins going stop notes can't <laughs> botch. <laughs> Congratulations, boys. No wonder they get ready to get problems. lost in the shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> like hold back. Like <laughs> don't, don't. I know you've been working on that move, but don't do it because. <laughs> Not on takeover weekend, because what if Vince sees? Like, just yeah. <laughs> he might he might put us in the Raw tag team title scene, and nobody wants that. That's not that's no place to be. It's just yeah. It's um, I've I have a f- very bad feeling about it still. But um, the new day have kind of had a life cycle of NAF gimmick X pack heat. Mad mm. looking back five years yeah. when they got booed to hell. Guy, mm. yeah. like eventually ter- like turning pe- uh, people towards them to be in like most loved tag team to now like world champion mm. in their ranks. They very much I they'll always have a sense of humor and they'll always have like, that kind of wackiness to them. Mm. But I I think they've kind of passed that and they're now in the realm of like you're now a serious group. Yeah. Even if you still like know how to have fun, I think mm. it's the pancakes will I can see falling by the wayside when they're like, no, no, you're really good at telling stories. <laughs> I think they're and I think they're fickle, and I think they'll see street profits as somewhat of a replacement from like that. Fun tag team. The fun ethnic tag team. They're that. I think they're that fickle. Mm. I think they're that fickle, we and like, they'll treat them to be the knockabout fun black guys. Yeah, very yeah. much so. Yeah, I think they'll just replace them. And it, like, I don't think you can go back. You can't rescind the the place on the on the roster that the new day have. Mm. So when they go back down, they have to do something new to their benefit. They constantly have brought something yeah. new, even if it's like bumhole cereal or ice pops or pancakes. There's yeah, always something. Yeah. I don't think bum they can go cereal. Do you remember like, that phrase? Bootios, <laughs> they call it. I think I should yeah. bum hole cereal. I've never seen it described as bum hole cereal. It took me, for now, a year, it took me a year to work out that was the reference. Ah, oh. <laughs> oh, this is the sound of pennies dropping. Oh, that is what that is. Oh, guys. <laughs> now you know, you can never uh, never unsee it. I don't want Kofi to have the belt anymore. <laughs> I also, do, obviously I do. Also, pancakes. Pancakes is a slow word for like a, a flat bum. Oh, is it? Pancake butt. So someone without a bum. So that's another bum reference as well. But they're very enthusiastic about them. <laughs> so, you what know, can I say? Good. They, no, should, they should no. have Billy Gunn with them. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who came up with this. Um, he likes to kick him, he likes to lick him. But I think they're safe. I think they'll, um, yeah. they'll, tr- they'll do very well in that role. Yeah. I think it's fickle, they, but no, they seem, it's a job. But they seem, in terms of, so I don't think... I think Angelo and Montez, I don't think they're indie guys. I think, aren't they like full on NXT like, trained? Performance center creation. Yeah, yeah. I, think I, I can't remember hearing from them in any of like other like major they might, they indie. Might, they might have done a bit like, like, you know, like the odd small like local indie fan, but not like a Ring of Honor. Not PWG kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So like if you see them as like, this is like, it's kind of encouraging to see like, oh, these are actually like an, like, an NXT performance center creation. Of sorts, like they they look amazing, and like they've improved against, a lot against like Noah and Bartel, who were like pure European indie darlings. You know, it was a re- for me like the word the word I'd use for this. I think I've got it written down here is just smooth. Mm. The whole match was just like flowed so well. There wasn't like like hardly any botches, not many rest spots. Like mm. it just seemed to flow. It was really like kind of you know not not like amazing. Like oh, this is the best match I've seen, but in terms of like 
you know, something to watch on NXT post-takeover. It's quite a nice thing. Or what, you it's, know? it's a good combination of having a big stage and limited time. Yeah. It's like, okay, you four have got eight minutes. Mm. Do the best you can. There's, there's mm. 18,000 people. Yeah, I think... It I, brings the best out of everyone. I think... Oh, sorry, Chris. I was, sorry, no, carry on. What were you going to say? I was going to say, uh, the only other point I'd say about... I know Bartel, for me, really showed up. I love them. Like, really good chain wrestling, European style. Um, I think put them against the Street Profits kind of showed... They're lacking in that character, the bit of charisma. I know that's not their gimmick. You know, their gimmick is serious European mm. wrestlers. So maybe they don't have it. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Contrast. Do, Contrast always. Do you know what I mean? Always I, think, I, think, I think probably like in terms of WWE going forward, that might be their downfall. That they, they, you know, they haven't really got that full sense of character yet. But then again, I would get a bit scared saying that because I imagine WWE like... Oh, we need to give these guys characters. Well, who are they? Well, he's Italian, he's German. And go, oh, great. And Pizza, Brudford. Yeah, yeah all this thing. So I'm kind of glad they're not doing that. Yeah, so again, like Chris so. saying, keep them hidden, keep them safe. Also, <laughs> they're keeping them away from Walter because you can't just like do a, re- a, a WWE ring camp version. Yeah. But that's going to be particularly watered down. They mm-hmm. can't do that. Like ring camp with, being their stable this, with Walter outside of yeah, uh, yeah, WWE. Yeah, yeah. Which are on Walter's pants. Uh, uh, takeover it said ring general Excellent. so they're definitely going to have to repackage that but also you have to keep them away from Walter to make Walter look like a badass yeah he, d- can't, ha- he can't have hired hands straight away well he's such a kind of big imposing kind of dude mm. anyway he's not like your Adam Cole yeah. or your Daniel Bryan you don't want him with kind of heavies around him or people doing his dirty work he can look after himself mm. so that's what you need with that um and this match is where kind of really the crowd started to get into it. Yeah. All these kind of pre-takeover dark matches. You can see the crowd actually warming up now. We had some NXT chants mm. and uh, people are really going for it. There was a, a flip off the, like like almost like a moonsault off the second ro- rope or something, I think, at some point. Oh, Bartel, he, he was on the outside of the ring, mm. like on the apron. Mm. I think if I'm right, like springboard onto like the top rope. That was then it. springboarded to the other like the other side of the ring like the corner mm-hmm. like you know, so he's by the corner splits the other side of the corner then banked as a moose off that look for his for a man like him which again he looks like imposing European brute wrestler to pull that out that's a bit ridiculous <laughs> also goes to gymnastics training once a week oh is it oh, do you <laughs> I go, assume do you go with him it's <laughs> <laughs> so a hell of a trip to Austria yeah. twice a week he tells he tells you Sam is there telling the other gymnasts not to leave. They say, <laughs> <laughs> so, you might get a contract. Stay around. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the crowd started to get into it. Then mm. there was almost a, almost a near botch. I think it got a little bit oh messy. I think wasn't it the um yeah actually yeah this, this, that, that, that destroys my smooth point earlier. I think wasn't it like the power bomb like like I think Bartel had. Montez up for a power bomb, mm. and then Dawkins came in does a spear to a spear, which in theory sounds like a cool spot, but the reality I think Montez kind of collapsed forward, like kind of landed on his like feet, mm. his like legs buckled a bit. Mm. Luckily, I think he seemed all right. He seemed to be moving all right. It but... did look like he sat on his head on the way down slightly there. Oh god, really? Yeah. I didn't well, see that bit. It looked a bit messy. I mean, for the worse. In pure, you know, entertainment viewership kayfabe terms, mm. it just looked a bit brutal and a bit messy and um, on commentary they covered it they kind of said oh things are breaking down you know as if yeah. this is a messy brutal thing rather than a mistake and uh, that was actually where um, 
Mauro made a bit of a mistake on commentary, I think, because that's where he went. Things are breaking down in this opening tag yeah. team encounter. Mm-hmm. Sort of, because in real terms, he was about to watch, you know, War, War Raiders versus Black Ricochet for the oh, NXT tag titles at TakeOver when they were recording this. But I imagine that backstage, they, they wouldn't have wanted him to be sort of drawing attention to the fact yeah. that this was recorded previous. So it's a bit of a mistake on his part. No, I'm going to assume that the the order of this was wrong. I'm going to assume that this was the first match of the night and then the other two were after and then TakeOver started. Oh, really? So, But the opening match, the opening match of the physical show that they're watching. Mm. So he's like, oh, this is the first match. Which will also explain why everyone's quite excited. Mm. They're like, hey, wrestling stuff. That makes sense. I like wrestling. I've been paid a lot of money and travelled for miles to watch this. Then I guess after that, these matches do... The previous two matches do kind of seem a bit defeated, especially if they did that in in reverse order. So if you had this followed by the Riker match, you're not going to care by the time the women come out, bless them. I'd misinterpreted it. I thought it'd gone mm. kind of the other way round because like people were getting increasingly excited mm. towards yeah. takeover. But I, you know, I I'm I don't know anything about these things. <laughs> they, that's the order they showed the matches to me. I assumed yeah, that's that the order they'd happen, <laughs> even though I literally knew that they were recorded before some other matches I'd <laughs> So that's how easily suckered I am. Um, well, it was a good show this week, mm. especially for a post-takeover show. We've got a little bit of time left on yeah. the podcast. We've got a couple of other points mm-hmm. that we can address in that time, maybe, because we had the post-Smackdown, uh, sorry, the post-WrestleMania uh, <laughs> Raw and SmackDown, traditionally a time where we get some exciting new NXT call-ups appearing on the main roster. Didn't really happen this week. We did get Lars Sullivan finally making mm. an appearance on the main roster, but that was a slightly different thing, because obviously his initial call-up was kind of weeks ago, and he's been off with anxiety. So good to see yeah. him back, and to know that he's, he's back in mm. it. Excellent news. But in terms of your traditional post-WrestleMania NXT call-ups, nothing doing so far. I've got two theories on this. Mm-hmm. Um, one is that there's a superstar shakeup next week, mm-hmm. so there could be an opportunity to bring in some people there. Like that's what they usually do. They usually have like, I think it's into like three NXT picks. I think is the thing they do in the draft. Something like um, that. Yeah. Paige suggested Paige on SmackDown suggested that she's gonna like they're gonna put her back in a managerial role of a tag team. Well, I discussed this previously on the podcast. We were talking about potential call ups. And I said maybe the Sky Pirates, uh, it was time to bring them up to the main roster. And I did mention as well, I said their English isn't the best. Traditionally, that hasn't gone down well with the writing teams of the creative or Vince McMahon, whoever mm. it is. It's, it's been difficult for those wrestlers whose English isn't great to kind of get over and stay over. N- not necessarily with the fans, but with the yeah. creative team. So to put them with a manager might make sense. Especially yeah. somebody who's been in the business for pretty much all of her life yeah somebody who knows as kind of insides as a person not just as a character it kind of makes sense that Paige would have to retire and then become somewhat of a hustler yeah I'm quite comfortable with that yeah it's just as a complete aside it's fascinating to me that Paige was signed they decided to make a film about her story they were started making that film when she was wrestling like yeah I think the, I think she got told they were making it like the initial pre-production was happening before her call-up like mm. so she's you know the, her whole WWE career has been with that looming in, that's coming this movie about your mm. life story she then sadly had to retire from ring action went through quite a dark time as well had, had come back though in a kind of GM role mm. they kept her on screen they kept her 
you know, vaguely relevant. And then they took her off TV <laughs> just so that she wasn't around on screen as an on-screen presence basically throughout the entire cinematic run of the film about yeah, her life. Yeah. And then the minute that's kind of died down, she's back on screen. Like, it feels like an open goal to have her on telly reminding people. Or also, mm. anyone watching that film in the cinema going, I'm going to check out this WWE I've watched about, to see her on screen and be a, a yeah. thing. It would also but, be pretty weird, her being like a hard like manager, like recently retired administrator, and being like screaming around and being screwy and then the next thing being an advert <laughs> for yeah, her film hero, it yeah. might make sense to give her a bit of separation mm. I thought she did a good job as general manager yeah I think she so, did fine so there's oh sorry sorry, oh, sorry. no you go sorry I was just going to say it's uh, kind of a casualty of what seemed to happen with Raw needed changing and they couldn't just go yeah. well Raw's shit <laughs> so they had to kind of go Oh, the whole product shit. Really? Smackdown seems to be doing all... No, no, the whole product... <laughs> not just the flagship. This can't just be purely Raw's fault. No. We need to drag its younger brother along and... Uh... Well, strangely, this also leads to my second point about my theory about the Angsty call-ups, is that... <coughs> not that cough, but in the theory of... Um, with the whole Raw is doing shocking, let's all come out and apologise how bad the product is... He is twenty NXT call ups. Yeah. In like you know, so not even like the ricochet out of the black champ of Gargano. Before that, we had like EC three heavy machinery, Lacey Evans, um, and um, but who else was it? Like oh, and Mickey Cross as well. Like they all came up, and Lacey Evans has kind of been doing a thing. Like that's been going okay, but like heavy machinery have already become redundant tag team. EC3's not been on TV, you know, obviously last time of all, like, Nicky Cross has not done anything, so, I think the idea was, like, especially with, like, the second batch as well, like, your champ, mm. you know, Gargano and all that lot, I think the idea was, oh, they're called up now, they're going to be on both shows, and then, down the line, they're going to get assigned a brand, get so... Get picked in the draft. So, we also got them, so it also could be a thing of, um, they're still... You know, they like really when you say like calls up one, where's the space for more call ups, mm. and two, what you know like what are you gonna do with the call ups you already had? We've already had like effectively all the NXT surprise debuts in the past month or so. so. And you can't empty NXT. Yeah, because you need to have people knocking around there because it's a great show. Yeah, as a fan of NXT, I'm glad we're not losing any more of our favorites to the main roster just yet. You know, mm. Black and Ricochet. Are more than enough for now, thank you. Possibly, mm. as I say, you know, I still think the Sky Pirates are going to go that way with Paige. Yeah. Um, so it'd be a shame to lose them too. But other than that, we don't need it. It's just I was just surprised they didn't take advantage yeah. of the opportunity of like we've got this big hardcore audience. Get the new guys out. Get a big pop. Yeah. Get that reaction. But well, they, glad they haven't really. They they used that pop months ago. When they really yeah. like, oh, we need something to jump the ratings. They so had all-time low ratings. They were panicking. So, like, oh, what mm. can we do to get some, get some hype towards the show? Yeah. Is throw some names in. <coughs> Very haphazard. Clearly had no plan going yeah. forward. I'm really glad um, Black and Ricochet have kind of fallen right into it, like they always should yeah. have done. Like they, they're the two that's like, as long as their character somewhat stays the same, they're too good wrestlers to screw up. They had less so the others. But on mm. those two, really, you couldn't ruin. I think they came out really well during WrestleMania. Obviously, mm. didn't get the win, but 
they huge response. Oh, you can. I like the thing is now, like you can tell Ricochet. You look at Ricochet on like WWE main TV, and you're like, yeah, you belong here. Like you've got that charisma and all that. Black is this mysterious figure, you know. I think he's mm-hmm. kind of getting that like sense of interest about him. I really. That, but, oh, okay, I do have fears about them, but I think as a you know you compare them to the EC three and you go well thank God they're not in that boat you know <laughs> so. So. and you, they teamed them with uh, Ali mm. on SmackDown this week you had them in a six man tag you had all three of them doing the kind of bounce off the ropes sit cross legged mm. in the center of the ring spot on at the same time that's enough to get over isn't it that, oh, yeah. that is enough people can go these guys are pretty slick and it's it's getting over that's great Mustafa Ali he never had an NXT run did he he, no, was, he, didn't. Was, he was a cruiserweight classic 205 kind of very organically just found his place on like the forgotten show so to me uh, Mustafa Ali being on Smackdown they'll keep him on Smackdown I think as well mm. is a call up yeah that was a call up to me and that happened months ago yeah that's uh, th- they're going to lose people to um, All Elite yeah they're going to lose quite a few to All Elite I think um, and also, it's already too busy. Yeah. There's already too much going on. I don't, I don't think it's a bad idea to... Ha- you know, people were talking about there being like an off-season in wrestling. Because mm. there isn't, at the moment, WrestleMania finishes Sunday, Raw's mm. on Monday. No, no rest, no break. It doesn't help with injuries. I think it would make sense to send people back for a couple of months. They've got nothing yeah. for them, rather than getting them crawling around... Yeah. On the house show circuits, or like having to turn up to Raw and SmackDown yeah. every week in case they get used and they don't. Mm. Um, send them to Florida. Yeah, it... have them help train the people already there. Have them freshen up. Opportunity to hit the gym. You know. Yeah. Do some surfing. Chill out. Go to Disneyland. Have a holiday. And turn up on NXT a couple of times because then it puts eyes on NXT. Oh, NXT. Oh, Bo Dallas is on it. Do you remember when he was a champion? I think that's I think that's the best way to like reduce fatigue, uh, help the 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 performance center, mm. make up some space on the main roster. I'm not against it. I have two kind of quick queries about that. I guess is first of all, you know, as I'm not against it, but would that be seen as like a demotion if you get sent to NXT? That it's basically mm. the developmental brand. Is it like getting sent back down to developmental? Not if you have Roman Reigns do it not if you very deliberately show that like someone near the top will just mm. pop down even if it's okay. just to have a chat with William his old yeah. mate from F- from Florida question two then if you've got the likes of Bo Dallas going down like how does that work in kind of pure storyline terms does Bo Dallas return to NXT as kind of this is a top guy he's held the title this is a legitimate threat in a match with you or is he you know the B team jobber you know how does that work when you're bringing someone back? I to, think know, that was a very specific example. Yeah. But also that pertains oh, to a wider it. point as well. You know, with oh, Curtis you, Axel, yeah. whoever else you want to bring well, down. Yeah. Well, then again, you look at the, like, when Tyler Breeze came back down recently, if you want to do this theory, mm. like, you look at, like, Tyler Breeze, like, the crowd still, most of that crowd was there when Tyler Breeze was, like, fighting Yushin Thunder Liger. <laughs> yeah. You know, like... <laughs> They the know day. that crowd knows how good Tyler Breeze is, and he'll get the respect on that mm-hmm. front. You know, it's same as when Rhino came back. Rhino came back to do some bits in in NXT oh, before yeah. he then went on to main roster, and it was just like, well, it's Rhino. I mean, the man's a tank. Yeah, like oh, that's great. It's some. It's a great person to use as mm. like a jobber to the mid card in NXT. Yeah. 
I think a per- that kind of position's perfect for yeah. it. I think you'll struggle with people slightly higher up because yeah. it will look like a yeah. I don't think Roman Reigns would like pop up in that. Like I think you just have like have like a look. Like, so I I think they should open up. Like that's why the Buddy Murphy thing for me on the, this week's show like kind of like intrigued me. Like I think if you're lower mid card on WWE TV, if you're the likes of Tyler Breeze or um, let's pick out someone top of my head, or if you were like like Ty Dillinger, I know he's not mm. there anymore, but if you were Ty Dillinger. You should like it. Shouldn't be seen as like a demotion. It should just be seen as you parallel. Can, yeah, parallel. Like mm-hmm. you can go down. You know, you could just pop up in NXT and not make it like oh, you pop down. It's like no, I'm in NXT for a bit. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you could refresh some characters. You can kind of like go well. Okay, let's try out some different characters with this guy. And because that's what NXT was in the beginning. NXT was like remember the, if you watched the first few episodes, like Jinder Mahal went for the title, mm-hmm. and Jinder Mahal had had like a five six year stretch on TV and. Yeah. Kind of like when Becky Lynch made her debut, she had no gimmick at all. Oh, Literally you, came down you, a river s- dance. Have you seen them? Oh, we were gonna watch. <laughs> we we're gonna check. Oh, don't worry. Have you seen the Becky Lynch debut? I've I've seen a gif of it. That is what <laughs> I've seen of that. It's enough. That's what it's, <laughs> yeah. That's enough. It's oh enough. dear, we need to. Yeah, we need to go back and rewatch some of those at some point. But uh, for now, guys, if I maybe cool. we'll do that post podcast because for now we're gonna wrap things up. Are any final thoughts or are we? I hope nobody goes up. I hope they keep it how it is they just give people homes and then they can build storylines alright Sam where can we follow you on the old social meds not like this again at smsmth on twitter Sam Smith with none of the vowels oh right are you actually going to give it out this time yeah why not I'm up for a chat you know what I'm going to take your role don't follow me (laughs) (laughs) Um, if you follow me don't follow Dan he's terrible on the social meds it's terrible if you follow me I will at Dunn in a reply so Um, you can follow Dunn I'm at JamesDunn24 on Instagram I'm at JamesDunn backwards on Twitter that's (laughs) N-N-U-D-S-E-M-A-J I have got a comedian Facebook page but I haven't posted on it in two three years I probably don't have a look at that I've got a comedian Facebook page and I post on it fairly regularly. Sometimes just links to this podcast, but sometimes other things as well. So do check that out or follow me at Mr. Chris Chopping. I do have an Instagram account, but it's largely photos of my dinner. So I, I, I don't know who that's for, but it <laughs> makes me feel good to put a photo on my, filter on my food and go, that looks better than... They are good dinners. Anyway, yeah, very good that dinners. is not what we're here for. Thanks very much for listening and... Um, going to spread the word or follow us or review us depending on what podcast app or where you're finding this podcast if those are options take them up and uh, we'll hopefully speak to you next week thank you bye 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 bye